Hello, friends. Welcome again to another episode of the Pilot Podcast. I am Jared Cornot, joined only by Matt Hensley because he forgot that our other co-host, Alan Murray, is on a mission trip this week, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ among the nations. I remembered. I have prayed for Alan. Matt apparently hasn't, but we'll ask. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, but no, I have not prayed for Alan, uh, at least specifically <laughs> for the mission trip. I didn't know that was happening yet. Uh, so clearly, I am doing well, except for my short-term memory loss uh, that apparently is more of an issue than I thought. Uh, we're in the middle of Vacation Bible School, literally. Oh, yeah. uh, today was Wednesday, and uh, I am absolutely exhausted, and I don't really have to do anything. Uh, I really kind of float around and pop into the classes. I'm sort of there for behavioral issues or if somebody is sick. Usually my office ends up being like the nurse's station slash principal's office, and uh, sometimes both. Uh, today we had someone that was having a rough day and uh, so he got to spend a little bit of extra time with me uh but uh but yeah it's been great we have a ton of people 100 and, uh, 113 uh, are here yeah and and That's so, fantastic yeah it's been 113 here the uh the the adults are really i mean they're leading but really the the chief leaders in all of this are our teens um, they're the ones leading a lot of the the breakouts and certainly the music and, and rec and all of that kind of stuff. And so I'm pumped to see that because, you know, we we've said, I don't know if we've said it on this, this podcast, but on NAB a lot where the youth are not the future of the church. They are the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we really try to get them involved uh, every Sunday, but certainly when it comes to BBS, it's a uh, great crop of uh leaders that we have. And so I do love the the senior pastor, lead pastor, if you're the only pastor role at VBS, because, you know, when you're a student ministry, you got to be like, all right, you're doing rec and you're doing this, this, and this. But now yeah. I just pop into every class. Oh, y'all are having snacks. Oh, yeah, I'm oh, sure yeah. you guys have a snack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's still exhausting, but it's, you just, you're just really just interacting with people. It's the, the key. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, we've, we've been a little intentional with that because I volunteered to to teach if you know if you didn't find enough people that kind of deal because we knew there was going to be a lot of kids this year and uh, or really i guess hoped that there would be a lot of kids so i volunteered to teach if it was needed uh but being free to be able to talk to the parents as they're dropping off grand grandparents that kind of deal connecting with them and then like you said here here's the neat thing so i've got it in with our snack team I have learned that I can go in there as they are beginning to pass out stuff and I'll get usually a snack then. Well, that person that is passing it out doesn't realize that I've already gotten a snack and she comes by the office like, Hey, would you like a tent? Today was a tent and it was made out of uh, graham crackers, Nutella uh, was like the uh, connecting uh, stuff. And then a bed of peanut butter was crumbled up uh graham crackers and it was delicious so i got two of them because she doesn't know that i go before she comes to my my office and i get one so uh, <laughs> hopefully she doesn't listen well it doesn't matter when this releases hey well, it's already over, over. yeah and so she'll forget before next year so you'll be good yeah, for sure so but it's going good how are you 
Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Things are uh, busy as always. We're planning on, uh, we're launching something that we're calling Training You on Wednesday nights at uh, Plymouth Park. And it's kind of a play on training union, uh, but we're going to be offering uh, different classes. So we're going to offer a hermeneutics class, a ethics class, and a theology class uh, on a semester based uh, for our church members on Wednesday nights, completely re revamping what we do. We're very excited about that. We're planning out our core classes and everything like that. And so we're very excited. I'm glad to hear about all the kids at your VBS. All these parents are like, I can get rid of my kids after a year of them in the house. Hey, sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. And and I guess my other question is, is there anybody else left in TBR that you haven't hired? As a, <laughs> I haven't hired you. Uh, this is true. This is true. I tried to hire Alan as my senior adult minister, but he uh, still felt like he was called to senior pastoring for some yeah. reason. Well, it's still senior pastoring. Just explain to him. It's just, just senior pastoring <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing it will we yeah. be the same title so uh no uh, uh, uh there there is uh qualified ministers in tbr uh, even if you don't believe it there are a few in there that we yeah. that we've hired here at plymouth park and we have a young staff um our oldest full-time pastor had his birthday yesterday he turned 33 and so uh out of our full-time we have five full-time pastors on staff he is the oldest at 33 years old that's crazy. Yeah. So I'm 37 and uh, I, I would feel like the old guy in the bunch. So, so well done. And yep. uh, and speaking of, you know, there's good times and there's bad yeah. times when it comes to church ministry. And I have found, at least in my ministry, and I think we were talking a little bit before in your own, you've seen this, I'm sure, certainly in student ministry as well. The more God seems to be moving, yeah. usually it's like, you need to buckle up. Like one, it's to enjoy this ride, whatever that's going to be. Uh, but also preparing for the eventual attacks of the evil one. And uh, so today, really, normally we have three topics, our two kind of Southern Baptist topics, and then our Southern culture topic. Today, those two main topics really revolve around one church, Long Hollow Baptist in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Those that may not know where this church is, it's pastored by Robbie Gallaty, uh, who can probably bench press the entire Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, yeah. uh, so a great story. We had him on Not Another Baptist podcast a few years ago when he had a book coming out. Uh, but they, like a lot of us, had a very difficult ride when it came to COVID-19. Mm. In fact, if you'll read uh, the Baptist Press article that we'll share in the show notes, uh, they had their lowest attendance since Robbie arrived as pastor in 2015 in December of 2020. And, and that's defeating, right? You know, you come yeah. into a church at 2015, that's around the time that I started arriving here, you know, that kind of deal or close to it. You, you kind of get some momentum going, things are growing and all of that. And then COVID hit and everybody struggled, even if maybe the attendance didn't really drop, there were other struggles that we had to face and long hollow faced some of those. Uh, Jared, as a pastor during COVID-19 and all of that, I'm sure you saw some similar stuff there at Plymouth Park. Uh, I got to come in uh, when when I think y'all were doing like every other pew or every three pews yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we were doing every other at that time. And, and my biggest concern, though, when I was with you was not catching COVID, but was that I had to wear a mask. With that beard. And I had the beard. And so I was trying to have it just flat against my face so it wouldn't do the whole indention of my beard when I got up to preach since I was going to be videoed. But still, uh, walk through just kind of the difficulties quickly about how y'all managed Plymouth Park with COVID and uh, the difficulties of all of that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Right before COVID happened, we were having a lot of guests come. We were uh, looking at our attendance was going up. Uh, giving was great. And then you hit this pandemic. You know, we went online for a little while only. Then we came back in person. And Dallas had a surge. And we went back to online only, then back in person. And we were skipping every other pew, sanitizing. And it, it seemed like anytime we caught any momentum, even during the pandemic, we got hit. Uh, in December, I had a kidney stone that – I thought I was birthing a child. <laughs> it was uh, awful. And then I got hit with COVID in, in January, right after that, my grandfather died. Really, it was a horrible, just December, January, I had, I had kidney stone. My best friend's dad died of COVID. My grandfather died. Then I got COVID. I, I went to the hospital for some treatment for COVID. And so it was just up and down. It just seemed like anytime we got over something, it came back down. And we're still kind of going through some of that. Our children's minister, uh, she had a baby, and then her baby had RSV, and then she fell and broke her elbow yesterday. Um, our uh, Tyler, who we just hired, uh, his second day out here, he goes to a pool party um, at a, in a nice neighborhood for a church member, leaves his car unlocked and his Xbox, his PlayStation, and a gun gets stolen out of his car, you know? And so all these, it's just, it, it seems like if it's not one thing, it's another for everybody on staff. So I keep saying, God's about to do something yeah. because the enemy is really attacking our church. And it is really discouraging, but... We look forward and forge on ahead, knowing that God's going to turn out everything for our good. And that's what we obviously realize in eternity if we don't realize it here, but that God is working for us. Um, and it's been a hard year, but at the same time, God's kindness has been demonstrated to our, our church this entire time. Our giving has been great. We're still seeing people come visit our church. We're seeing people join our church. We baptized a lady in our 50s this past Sunday. I think we baptized, uh, I think, five individuals this year who are 40 or over, which is great seeing people <clears throat> who are adults coming to know Christ. we got eight teenagers uh, about to be baptized in our church. So God is still showing his kindness to us. But you're right, you know, especially when we're looking into what happened with Long Call or what is happening with Long Call, it's – it's nuts what happens with a pandemic, but also just in ministry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, th I think, you know, we describe it as, you know, ministry in general is a roller coaster, you know, yeah. right. There's, there's seasons that are great and, you know, you're, you're, it's just exhilarating and fun. And, and then it just dive bombs into something else, you know, maybe a close friend leaves the church or yeah. you're battling, Somebody calling for your head, you know, the stuff that oh, yeah. uh, David Platt is dealing with at his church. Oh, right I can't now. even imagine. And so, you know, ministry is like that at times. And, but sometimes that seems to be spread out over maybe a year or a few years. <laughs> Five years, like, a decade, not yeah, two months. I, I felt like with COVID, it was like week by week. It was a roller coaster every week. What's going to happen this week, God? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so with Long Hollow, of course, they yeah. went from really the lowest of the low in terms of attendance and that kind of thing. But we don't want to you know, compare that to some of the difficulties that they're sure. facing now. But they were at the lowest of the low when it comes to attendance and probably morale and all of that mm. kind of stuff. You're like, what's going on? And then really what you could only describe it as a revival takes place and 1,361 people are baptized, are saved. And uh, mm -hmm. this article talks about crumbling marriages were restored, lives that were falling apart, just absolutely turned around a clear move of God. And so they go from like yeah. the highest of, or the lowest of the lowest to the highest of the heights. And then they've, they deal with this grief. And, uh, and so 
One, before we touch on that, what are just some ways, not necessarily with Long Hollow or, you know, but with Clement Park, Mayhill, Mayhill, how do you celebrate some of those good times, maybe even admit some of the bad times? Yeah. So one thing we say at our church is we're going to celebrate every single win. So, hey, we're baptizing a lady in her 50s who has come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what else is going on. She has, is saying that for eternity, she will be with God. We're going to celebrate those things. And so I think what we have to fight the temptation to do is let the little text message or the email that we get or the minor inconvenience dominate our lives, and we lose sight of what God is doing. I think it's John Piper. He said, God is doing 10,000 things in your life at once, and you're maybe aware of two of them, right? And so one thing I always encourage our church is, is to ask, how is God going to use your suffering? So like take the story of Joseph, for example, you had the cupbearer who the only reason he is in prison is because Pharaoh had a bad day. Well, he goes to prison. So uh, uh, Joseph can interpret his dream and he can remember Joseph a few years later and he can interpret Pharaoh's dream and save his family and save his people. So God used that suffering to save a nation. And so that's one thing I just always try to remind myself of is how is God going to use my suffering for the good of myself and someone else? And that God is doing things not only in my life and everybody's life and my suffering often is very, very small compared to what David Platt's going through right now, what Robbie Gallaty's going through right now. So I think a lot of it is just perspective and we're trusting and relying on the sovereignty of God. What do you think? Yeah, certainly. And uh, I think you know the story. My church hears it a lot, especially when we're talking about the sovereignty of God, his plans, his providence, that kind of deal. Because we had two miscarriages early on in our marriage and or, or when we had started trying to have kids. And obviously, that was a very dark time yeah. in our life. Uh, you know, really the only thing Rebecca wanted. And uh, then literally that same afternoon, I get let go from uh, the church I was serving or, or given three months to, to find another one. And so we lose a baby and essentially my job in the span of, well, less than 24 hours. And so the middle of it, obviously, it was terrible. And uh, I wish that I could say I had all this great faith and was just like, you know, God, I know you're you're good and you're going to work all of this out together for my good and your glory. I wish I could say that, but I couldn't. It was a very difficult and a dark time for me. Uh, but God was very gracious and kind, as you were talking about, too, leading us through that and ultimately out of that. And then fast forward to, you know, about six years ago now, uh, we are given the call uh, to see if we would take four girls into our home. And at that moment, we were the only family in our agency that had room for four girls. Wow. And so it was at that moment that God reminded me, I believe, that that was what he was doing five or six or seven years prior with the yeah. miscarriages is because if one of those had gone to term or if two of them had gone to term, wouldn't had room. we wouldn't have been able to take those four girls and they would have today uh, gone to permanency in two different homes. And uh, so that doesn't mean that the suffering or whatever the difficulty may be years in the past was, uh, you know, worthless or whatever, you know, you walk through that by faith, all of that, but then you can look back and see what God was doing through it all. And, yeah. and we can see that obviously much more clear now. And then the stuff that we're facing today, we have no idea 10 years from now, we'll be looking back. Oh, oh, that was nice. But that's kind yeah. of the whole part of walking by faith. And, uh, and that's really what Long Hollow has been doing, even through those high times yeah. was just Galilee seeking the Lord and uh, just opening things up and saying, hey, if you want to be baptized, 
today's the day. And then person after person after person after person did. And uh, instead of kind of our fine-tuned worship gatherings where we're going to be in at 11 and out at 12, they just said, God, this is yours. We're going to sing, we're going to preach, and then we're going to call to respond. And we're going to stay here until everybody's done doing whatever they need to do in terms of business with God. And so they saw, as Mm -hmm. we said earlier, uh, over 1,000 people, 1,361 people uh, baptized in their church. And then just recently were racked by grief uh, when one of the beloved staff members there, Chris Swain, uh, died at age 47. And so this Chris is also Robbie's best friend. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not just lo- losing a fellow staff member that that's obviously going to affect your church. And you're going to have friends uh, that you serve with. Maybe you're not best friends or whatever, but this is also a best friend of Robbie. And so it's a difficult thing to say the least on top of the fact that his father-in-law has passed as well. And so you go kind of out of this highest of the high moments in his church now to the lowest of the low. And uh, so you may not be facing something like that today. And uh, certainly we pray not, and we would ask you to be praying for Long Hollow and for Robbie, their church and their family. Uh, but when we do navigate some of those dark times, you know, either the loss of a close uh, friend or a loved one in the church, someone that's just beloved, uh, how how do you walk through those or how do you shepherd your folks during those times? Yeah, I, one, we, we cling to the hope of Jesus Christ, that they have their faith in him, that they wouldn't trade a single nanosecond where they are now for a year back here on earth. They're, they're better now than they'd ever been. And so that's one thing we would walk our people through is if, you know, they lose a loved one, there is that promise of that. Of course, when it's unexpected loss like this, and this happens uh, with uh, parents, this happens with all kinds of church members, uh, you just teach them really to the best of your ability. I, I walk into a lot of rooms, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. And so you just comfort them perhaps with scripture or you just are presently there. Sometimes you don't really even have to say anything at all. I remember I went to go uh, to hospice when I started a church in North Carolina and um, we had a beloved member who was about to lose his wife. And I just sat with him and I was there when she took her final breath and he just weeped. Uh, in my chest for about 20 minutes. And I didn't say anything. I just held him. I was presently there with him. And I think it's a good reminder that we don't walk through suffering alone. We don't as Christians. And I, I don't know how the world does it uh, without community. If you know, I know people find community in different ways. Uh, I don't know how you do it without the hope that death does not have the final say to those who love the Lord Jesus and I don't have to go through this alone. My church will support me. They will help me. We'll go through it. We're going to share meals. You know, we have a lady in our church that we go out to eat with regularly or have her over to our house just because she, it, the loss of her husband is, is, is a big grief for her. And so we do that just because it means the world for her to spend time with our kids and do those things. And so those are some things that we do at our church. And it's not perfect. It's not what maybe you always need at your church. But I remind our people of those things. Death does not have the final say, and you don't have to walk through this alone. What do you do? For sure. And uh, and, and something that we share is, you know, when, when somebody comes and it's like, Hey, but I've been praying, I've been doing blank, I've been all of these kind of checking the boxes Mm -hmm. that maybe God is going to answer this the way that I want uh, to share that that's not always 
how God moves. Uh, right. Sometimes it's learning that, you know, instead of, and I've shared this in sermons before, I don't know who I heard it from, but sometimes it's God, don't take, it, it, the prayer isn't God, take this thorn away from me, but it's ultimately God, how can I endure this thorn with you? How is this thorn going to drive me closer to you? And I love what Galilee was talking about, how this really taught them that faith truly does endure, even when the prayers that maybe we want to pray and the things that we want aren't answered the way that we hope and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, And he said, it's easier to believe in God when it looks like he's working than when it looks like he's not. But the prayer of faith is not so much about the outcomes as it is with the relationship you Mm -hmm. develop with God along the way. And that's something we certainly love or learned through the miscarriages and uh, and certainly something we've learned through seasons of difficulty in church is that it wasn't just God was going to step in and fix everything in the snap of a finger. He can, uh, but that's not always the way that it works. Sometimes these different opportunities allow us to press into that relationship a bit more, be ministered to him really as Emmanuel, God with us in these things. Yeah. Also, Robbie, he tweeted out, he said, I'm learning that there is a cost to revival and a price to maintain it. He says, I'm not wavering my faith. I'm reminded of what Job said in Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. And then he tweeted uh, yesterday, he said, leading up to the day that Chris was found, I felt a leading to spend two days in silence. Near that time, I simply read my Bible and sat in God's presence. Maybe he was uh, despising me uh, or depositing to me something in me to sustain me over the next two weeks. The Lord prepare us for what he's going to put us through. It is a reminder that God's word is not merely for uh, instruction only and in growth and knowledge. It's also to teach us more about him so that we can find our comfort and rely on him. And uh, I do appreciate that perspective through the suffering that he's going through to be able to say that. Yeah. Well, in a completely giant U-turn, detour, whatever, to the Southern topic, uh, uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on shaved ice? Oh, okay. Now we're talking. Uh, I love shaved ice, and it's one of the things I loved about moving to Texas is there's shaved ice everywhere. Everywhere. I, I have a list of the best shaved ice. I think the best shaved ice that I have found is Steph's Chillville down in Grand Prairie. Yeah, uh, It's behind the Fiesta grocery store. It's fantastic. Yep. Bahama yep. Bucks is another good one. Tasty ice is directly across the street from our church. So sometimes yep. we just walk on over and two bucks in hand and get some shaved ice. And there's some other good places. I love it. We go to Costco and we buy the... Uh, we buy for, like, I think, $20. We get the $30 gift card to Bahama Bucks. And so mm-hmm. we go so much, we're like, we need to buy this. Uh, I'm a fan of the sour flavors. So sour cherry, sour blue raspberry. Uh, I like the little sweetened kick with my shaved ice. How do you get yours? Do you get well, cream? I don't get cream in mine. My wife, she always gets a strawberry carlotta with cream every time. Yeah. Or my, tiger's uh, blood cream. My wife does some kind of a wedding cake. Oh, I can't. I hate uh, wedding cake. It's awful. It is horrible. Like, I, I'll do the wedding cake ice cream, but I can't do the wedding cake shaved ice. I don't want a snow cone to taste like wedding cake. Yeah, yeah. And that. uh, so that's hers. Uh, for me, I'm very simple. Ultimately, it's it's the grape, it's the green apple, you know, the cherry, that kind of deal. But when I do get to go to, you know, Grand Prairie or Irving and, and go to some of the places where they have that, we don't have that here. And what brought this really? on day at Vacation Bible School 
we had a member bring his uh, shaved ice machine. And so it was just your standard blue raspberry, your cherry, your grape, and it was great. But when I am home, that's usually one of our stops is a shaved ice place and I will get tiger's blood. And that yeah. is my favorite, uh, at least if I'm going to splurge at a regular place. There used to be a place in my hometown and I, I would always get frog in the blender, which was cherry and green apple mixed together. Once I cherry, once I green apple, so it's called frog in the blender. Um, and so that was when we had a place uh, right by my house in college. So we'd go over there all the time, summer snow, um, and go over there and, and get some. And it was uh, very, very good. And so I love shaved ice. I don't, I don't know how Alan feels about it. I feel like he would like it. Alan's going to be in Dallas in a few weeks, so I'll, I'll take him to get some shaved ice probably. There you go. He probably want like a liver mush flavored uh, that or like he would uh, what is something like liver and onions you know old people yeah, something like. yeah. He, he wants Werther's flavored, original Werther's flavored yeah, Werther. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. fantastic well and he'd probably I, get really ornery about how fast it melts yeah, if I eat it too fast I get a headache if I don't eat it fast enough it melts yeah uh, Alan I hope you don't listen to this episode <laughs> well if you are walking through a difficult season if you're walking through a great season, whether you are at the highest of the highs or the lowest of the lows or somewhere in between, uh, we are here to encourage you to cheerlead, uh, to to kind of be in your corner. And so feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I think Jared would say the same thing. Yep. Uh, he's at Jared Cornut and I am at M Hensley and uh, Jay Allen, who would be willing to do the same, is pastor on the fly. And uh, so we would love to connect with you there. Uh, but Cornut, why don't you send us out? Yeah, I hope that you felt encouraged by what we probably say is a heavy episode. Hope you had your feel and had your full. Go get your snow cone this week. Uh, treat yourself. Maybe that'll make you feel a little bit better for a little while at least. Enjoy some delicious goodness. And please know that we'd always pray for you. Join us next time. Same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.